Welcome to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. Now your host, Dave Winogren. Welcome to the show that brings together government and industry leaders to accelerate government mission outcomes. On today's episode, we'll be discussing small business issues and opportunities in the federal technology market. Our guests today are Janice Garcia-Keating, President and CEO at Wilco Group. Janice, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. And Will Choi is President and CEO at Vertical Applications. Will, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. Good to be here. Uh, Janice and Will, it's great to have you both on the show. And, and first and foremost, I want to thank you for your leadership of ACT-IAC Small Business Alliance. And we'll talk more about the Small Business Alliance later in the show. But by way of starting off, Janice, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about your background and your career and what led you into the government market. Sure. So I actually have a, a master's degree from Syracuse University's uh, School of Public Affairs, the Maxwell School. So I've always been interested in the government market and the work of government because it has very exciting missions, you know, from protecting, you know, our country to helping disaster uh, victims. Uh, I got started right after graduate school. I got my first job as a consultant at uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. I'd applied at a few federal agencies too, but one of the things that I liked about consulting was that it enabled me to work for like three to four different government agencies pretty quickly. Excellent. As, as an alumni of Deloitte, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a, it's fascinating to be able to have that like sort of not only strategic role, but the hands-on role in helping to make a difference with people. And I'd love to come back to that as we go further on, because, you know, you've looked at life from both sides now, running a small business and being part of a very large company. And, and, and some of the reflections on that, I think, will be interesting for everybody as we go through the show. But before we do that, Will, let's get you on the air and ask you to tell us a little bit about your background and your career and what led you into the government market. Sure, Dave. So my background is more in the commercial tech space. And uh, my last role before starting our company, Vertical Apps, was as an executive uh, developing consumer-facing digital products. We started Vertical Apps back in 2010, right after the Great Recession. So that was uh, not a perfect time to start, but it was a, a great uh, time for us to actually just get started running the company. We started out providing services to commercial companies. And then within a few years, we eventually had both commercial and federal clients. And we ended up making the pivot to 100% federal government contracting seven years ago to focus um, on that one single growth sector. Over the last four years, we made a name for ourselves in the process automation market. And late last year, we were actually acquired by another small business named MindPedal Software Solutions, a digital modernization company with a seasoned executive team and talented employee base. So while I'm, we're a wholly owned subsidiary of MindPedal and I'm the president of Vertical Apps, I'm also the chief operating officer of MindPedal. After being a small business owner for 13 years and uh, with uh, my current company still a small business, I'm passionate about uh, small business growth and, and helping other small businesses succeed. Excellent. Since you already helped move us into the next place where we talked a little bit about your current company, is there anything that your current your company is working on that you wanted to highlight for the audience? Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, so, you know, while I'm uh, the COO of MindPedal, my focus is uh, and my focus has shifted more inwardly 
on the operations in the company, I still have a role to play in the growth and culture of the company. Um, one of the major focuses of our, our company is to leverage our strong automation background at Vertical Apps uh, towards intelligent automation and also towards AI-powered automation solutions that free up capacity for agencies and their staff to be more productive. Uh, last year, we developed an online video series on LinkedIn called Bots and Devs, where my business partner, Mike Grace, interviewed our staff, um, our automation practitioners, on relevant topics about uh, intelligent automation and AI from a programmatic and technical standpoint. Uh, these were short, informative videos in a casual setting, which ended up being uh, quite a hit online. And uh, it culminated, uh, the program culminated into an in-person event at a local pub. Um, and uh, we'll be doing uh, something similar again this year. And of course, you're, you're invited. Bots and Bevs. I, I can get into that. I think that's great. And I, and I will just opine that, uh, you know, the, the hot topics for ActAg this year are all around what you're, what you're in the middle of. Um, any event we do on AI or the adoption of digital technologies as part of that sort of digital transformation and customer experience journey just gets lots of government interest and attention. So good on you for the series and for the next steps. Janice, let's go back to you. Tell us a little bit about Wilco and your company, what you're working on and some of the things you're excited about. Sure. So I am the founder and CEO of Wilco Group, which is a uh, woman-owned small business and 8A SDB. And we really specialize in a variety of uh, digital transformation projects. And I'll get more into that in a second, as well as, you know, uh, also uh, data analytics and some AI ML as well. You know, I, I think one of the things that I wanted to add, uh, you know, Will said this too, I'm very passionate about small businesses. And in particular, because I always say I kind of did things backwards and I, I want people to understand that there are many ways to um, potentially go into a small business. You can start at a large business. And I also, Wilco Group, I founded it 14 years ago when I had two small children. And so um, it's been a long journey and it's not necessarily always a straight line. With that said, you know, I think that Will and I, you know, share that common ground of wanting to encourage and help other small business owners. And I think that goes to the fact that Wilco Group really uh, not only you know, has different products and service offerings, but we're very passionate about the mission. And so we are working at FEMA. We're working on the Enterprise Data Analytics Modernization Initiative, which is a huge enterprise-wide program, you know, that's going to enable decision makers before, during, and after disasters. We're working on the recovery cloud environment, um, which is also a modernization effort at FEMA, which is, you know, the apps behind the disaster system Gov. So I think that's beautiful. We're also working at USDA on crop insurance, helping protect America's farmers, um, you know, against weather like drought, um, market fluctuations, disasters. So I, I think, you know, we're just like a lot of small businesses out there. We're just very proud of the missions that we serve. Very good. Well, we'll stick with you, Janice, and, and say, you know, since you've worked at a large company, now you're leading a small company. Tell our audience a little bit about your experience as a small business in the federal technology market. Well, you know, I think one thing that uh, is a big difference there is that 
small businesses have fewer resources. Um, you know, I know that that's say, stating the obvious, but when you're at a large business, you might have, you know, four or five other people that do the exact same job or similar jobs and you can kind of share responsibilities. Whereas, you know, as a small business, you really do wear multiple hats. I, I, I think that both experiences are great. Um, I learned a lot about business development and a lot about, you know, how to run organizations and build cultures and, you know, talent from the big corporations. But then when you get to the small thing, it's, it's fairly overwhelming. <laughs> um, there's never enough time in the day. You know, there are many agencies, opportunities, contracting vehicles and events. Um, and so you really have to prioritize and determine what you think is going to bring the most value to your business. And the most value to your business is not necessarily revenue. So as a business owner, you have to pick what's most important to you. Well, I want to give you a chance to weigh in about your experiences in the federal market. I think it would also be interesting for our audience to hear about your the difference in the commercial market that you came from and the federal market that you now find yourself in. Sure. I, I probably spent about two-thirds of my career in the commercial space. And uh, the main difference between uh, or two of the things that stand out are, one, uh, decision-making can be uh, much faster in the uh, private sector. A lot of times it's one person who has uh, complete authority to make procurement decisions and uh, um, that decision tends to stick. Whereas in the public sector, uh, decisions could can be made by a committee. Sometimes decisions have to go up through a chain of command. And also they, uh, due to the possibility of protests, uh, sometimes those decisions don't always stick. Um, the other thing that we've uh, seen is you generally can be hired in the public sector based on your experience uh, and based on you know whom you know directly versus uh, in the public sector, a lot of times you need to have the right past performance, you need to have access to certain vehicles, you need to have uh, certifications. Uh, and even then, uh, you have to compete with X number of companies. So it can be a lot harder in the public sector uh, because of those reasons. One thing that I have noticed, though, is um, where there are similarities between the private and public sector, though, is uh, based on the, uh, the types of um, challenges it's the same organizational challenges, the same types of politics, uh, the same technical challenges. It's everywhere. Uh, I would also say that the in the public sector, the, the sheer scale of the technical, specifically the technical requirements, the scale is tends to be a lot bigger. There's a lot more at stake in many times because there are people that uh, are um, in uh, need of the services that the federal government provides, uh, their lives are impacted, their families are impacted. The mission of the federal agencies uh, that we support are uh, just critical to the daily lives of the American public, which is why, you know, I find personally find it so appealing. 
We're going to take a short break now, and when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Janice Garcia-Keating, President and CEO at Wilco Group, and Will Choi, Chief Operating Officer at MindPedal. I'm Dave Wintergren, and you're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACT-NIAC on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC. I'm Dave Wendergren, and on today's show, we're discussing small business issues and opportunities in the federal market. Our guests are Janice Garcia-Keating, President and CEO at Wilco Group, and Will Choi, Chief Operating Officer at MindPedal. Both are industry leaders of ACT-IAC's Small Business Alliance. When we went to the break, Will was chatting a little bit about the differences in the federal and commercial markets. And, and it is interesting because we have a lot of member companies that have both federal and, and commercial practices. And there's a speed that you can move with and a, and a more set of personal relationship-based commitments that happen in the commercial world that, that for companies that are starting out in the federal marketplace, they have to come to that recognition that there's a stability and security in the federal market. But, but it is a lot more like time often to get into the market. And then, as you pointed out, the certification. So you guys did a great job of helping to lay that out for us. And so, Janice, I wanted to come to you and say uh, this conversation is very timely because in January of this year, the Office of Management and Budget released a policy memo on increasing small business participation in multiple award contracts. What are some of the things in the memo that interest you? And in particular, I'd like to hear your views on the memo suggestion to add more on-ramps during long-term GWAC contract performance periods. Yeah, you know, I think the the timing of the memo was perfect, you know, because the government understandably for needs of efficiency in terms of awarding uh, opportunities and work has moved more and more towards government-wide acquisition of vehicles in the past, you know, probably five to 10 years. This memo really, um, you know, comes on the heels of several other memos that recognize that there's a shrinking pool of small businesses in the federal um, GovCon arena. And that shrinking pool, you know, there's a lot of awards going to small businesses, but it's maybe, you know, a smaller group of them. And so the government wants to encourage more small business involvement, more new small businesses. And this memo in particular makes some great suggestions. And one of them is uh, having more on-ramps for vehicles during uh, large uh, life, life cycles. So you'll have like a vehicle that's awarded for 10 years and being able to on-ramp is particularly important for like an 8A uh, business that only has nine years of runway in the 8A program. And if you uh, are blocked out of an 8A pool of a vehicle or a STARS vehicle for five years of your nine-year runway, because as an example, you might have uh, gotten the 8A designation one month after a major award. And so then you're kind of stuck. So I think that that's a great recommendation. And there's also another in there about having a rule of two within GWAC competitions. It's a very exciting time. And I'm really looking forward to hearing um, how agencies try to implement the recommendations in this memo. Very good. Will, is there anything you'd like to add on about the OMB direction? Uh, Just one thing. Uh, There are so many small businesses out there, uh, especially in the commercial space, that have significant 
past performance, uh, supporting uh, companies with innovative solutions. And then they want to get into the federal space and it is a maze, right? So something like this really does kind of open doors for small businesses that have the capabilities that can do the work that a, that a large business can as well, uh, just to be able to give them those types of opportunities to have a seat at the table is important. I think that's such an important point. You know, I, I see over and over again that we say we want to get more of the goodness that comes from the, the rest of the world, the commercial market and everything, and bring it into government. And then we, we limit past performance to only other government contracts. And so the new ideas have a hard time taking root. And uh, right, because you don't have the past performance qualifications to demonstrate that you've already done it. And and so it sort of defeats the whole innovation agenda that we proclaim to want a lot of. So I appreciate you build, bringing that up. And we'll stick, let's stick with you and talk about, are there other challenges um, that small businesses face in the federal market that you think are worth bringing to the attention of our audience of government and industry leaders? Yeah, sure. I, I like to, to say that uh, the barrier to entry to become a, a federal government contractor is low. The barrier to success is very high and the road is long. Um, so when it comes to the um, types of challenges companies face, I always think about kind of the barometer of more mature small businesses and the characteristics of strong small businesses. They have differentiated capabilities. They have numerous contract vehicles. Uh, they have a wide agency footprint. All the corporate certifications that, that are available, CMMI, ISO, facility clearance, whether it's a secret or, or top secret clearance. They have most of their revenue uh, derived from as a prime contractor and uh, they win full and open contracts. And so that is kind of like, those are characteristics of like, you know, when I look at companies and I talk to business owners, like that's like the kind of the holy grail. That's where people want to be. The challenge for the vast majority of small businesses is they only have time to do one or two uh, or maybe three of those at a time and, and focus those on those at a time. And that's why it takes so long to be successful in the federal government space, because like it could take six to 10 years to check off all those things. And uh, anyway, th those are the, the things that, that come to mind for me. Janice, how about you? I'd love to give you an opportunity to weigh in on the challenges that small businesses face that we should all be aware of. So I think uh, everything that Will said really hit home um, in terms of not just the time that it takes to get all of those certifications, the ISOs and the CMMIs and the, but also the costs associated with them, you know, as a single mother and as a business owner, um, I've got to tell you, you know, cost is always something, you know, that, I mean, every business owner thinks about that, but, you know, that, that's a challenge because you need these things to be successful in the federal market, but you're probably going to pay, you know, well over a hundred thousand dollars to get some of those certifications. Um, lastly, you know, I think I would also bring up that one of the challenges for small businesses is that we are often competing against, um, you know, joint ventures. And that's not to say anything bad about a joint venture. There's definitely places for mentorship um, and larger businesses helping uh, teach 
younger, smaller businesses, but it also creates an unlevel playing field such that even if you do get on a vehicle, um, you may end up uh, competing against teams that are all uh, JVs uh, with with larger companies. Um, so that's not the end of the world. Competition is healthy, but um, you know, having an unlevel playing field uh, sometimes does occur. And then I, I want to actually really quickly touch on uh, a couple agencies that uh, have programs that I've seen uh, help with some of these challenges. And so you'll see a lot of events where, uh, you know, agencies uh, will set up a table, you know, to have outreach and to talk about how to do business with. And I think agencies are getting better at that. But I'm going to bring out a particular DHS program uh, called the Vendor Outreach Sessions. Um, and, you know, much like the Procurement Innovation Lab that started there, those vendor in, uh, outreach sessions are amazing. And they allow for one-on-one -on -one meetings with small business owners um, and acquisition professionals. So I just, you know, I think that helps, like, alleviate a little bit of the challenges that we face by giving us an actual touch point at an agency. You mentioned uh, joint ventures, and we've only got about 30 seconds left or so in this segment, but like, when are they most helpful and successful? What do they look like when, when they work? I, for me and for Wilco Group, uh, they are most successful in very trusted partnerships with people and companies that you have worked with before. I refer to joint ventures as a marriage, and no one would go into a marriage after, you know, just a, a week of knowing someone. So they're, they're trusted partnerships with, with companies you've worked with before. Excellent. We're going to take a short break now, and when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Janice Garcia-Keating, President and CEO at Wilco Group, and Will Choi, Chief Operating Officer at MindPebble. I'm Dave Wendergren, and you're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACTIAC on the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Accelerating Government with ACTIAC. I'm Dave Wintergren, and on today's show, we're discussing small business issues and opportunities in the federal market with two outstanding small business leaders. Janice Garcia-Keating is the president and CEO of Wilco Group, and Will Choi is the chief operating officer at MindPedal. Both are industry leaders for ACT-IAC's Small Business Alliance. We were talking about what it's like working in the small business field in the federal market, and I'll come back to you, Will, and say, what's some advice you'd offer new companies that are just now beginning to enter the federal market as a small business? Sure, Dave. I'd start by sharing uh, with small business owners to really just focus on what you're good at and differentiate yourself from the hundreds or thousands of other GovCon companies out there that say they do the exact same thing that you do. Start out by finding a, a trusted company to subcontract to, um, that needs your specific expertise so that you can get your first contract and past performance and just focus on delivery, deliver, deliver, deliver to your agency clients. Meanwhile, spend time growing your professional network, attend events, conferences, uh, join organizations like ACT-IAC, for instance, uh, because uh, you will only grow through by growing your professional network, uh, both in industry and in government. Um, if possible, find a mentor or mentors to guide you on your journey uh, because uh, 
hearing from people that have already kind of paved the way for you is going to be uh, much easier for you as you uh, run and grow your company. How about you, Janice? What's some advice you would offer a new small business just newly entering the federal market, let's say? Yeah, I, I think that's great. I, I want to go really quickly and say subcontract, which uh, Will already said, and deliver because delivery is sales every day. And I actually say that all the time. Um, but in addition to that, somebody who some company or a leader that is trying to break into the federal market, I think that you also have to kind of take a step back and give some leadership advice. And, you know, the two things that jump out at me are know your why. You know, I think that that goes for any business owner. But there's going to be tough days. There's there's going to be, you know, uh, wonderful days ahead. But there's going to be times where you wonder, uh, you know, why why you wanted to be a small business owner. So I always recommend uh, soul searching and knowing your why before you start anything. And then I would also encourage someone breaking into the federal market to understand what success means for them. Because as you go to professional associations, um, which I also highly recommend and develop your network, there's a natural human inclination to compare your business to other people's businesses. And so in addition to know your why, I would say define what success means to you. And so as you go, into new settings and, you know, win new projects and deliver, you're focused on the core and you're focused on what really matters for your business instead of what somebody else tells you should matter for your business. Will, it's a rapidly changing market and the pace of change and pace of technology has never been quicker. What, what are some ways that you stay abreast of trends and opportunities in the market? Well, the, the easiest way uh, is to um, follow the, the trade rags and, and websites that are out there, like the federal news network sites, uh, sign up for their daily newsletters. You get, you know, you get kind of daily summaries uh, about the ongoings uh, across the federal space. Going to conferences and industry events, those are always very important. They're great networking opportunities, but you can also hear the latest uh, um, directly from federal executives in terms of like what's important for their particular agencies and and what's driving their missions. Uh, and then for me personally, I try to make time to uh, meet either for lunch or coffee or dinner with as many other uh, executives in industry as possible, uh, because those are the folks that we end up teaming with, uh, also competing with, but uh, we're, we're all frenemies, right? And we share information. And uh, without that, I mean, you're, you're just, uh, you know, a lot of times you're just, uh, you know, shooting in the dark uh, when, when you're going after opportunities, but the bigger and stronger your professional network is, um, the faster you're going to be, you know, on your way to success. The uh, federal technology budget is over $90 billion a year, and that seems like a massive market, but it's a surprisingly small market. And as you said, you run into people over and over again, and building those relationships is just so crucially important. How about you, Janice? How do you stay abreast of trends and opportunities in the market? So I am going to confess that I am part introvert. And so it is really 
uh, you have to be careful with that big budget that you referenced, David, because you could end up on a treadmill wearing yourself out, going to, you know, 92 conferences. And so I do uh, many of the conferences and love them, uh, but I also am careful to get some of my information uh, from reading. And, and by, I'll be very specific when I say reading. I might go out to websites for specific agencies that I, Wilco Group already works in or that we want to work in. I will then, you know, or, you know, my employees will then sign up for newsletters, for, you know, updates, become part. We will also follow um, on social media and other things, people who are imparting messages that are interesting. And that might be in various forums. It might be legal advice, you know, um, in, in terms of, you know, how would you, you know, package a protest or, or something like that. But oftentimes you can do that by following um, specific agencies, specific groups. And one last plug for, for white papers and innovation centers, you know, whether that be OMB, GAO or other, you know, agencies that are into innovation, you might be reading about the latest, uh, you know, in AI uh, policy for the federal government. So go places, but also read and sign up. Janice, you, you alluded to uh, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, a few minutes ago, which I, which I loved because uh, the, the, the idea about the importance of why and too much time spent on how and what and not enough time on why was was awesome. And you're right, it's all about leadership. And as leaders of small businesses, I wonder if you could, any other lessons learned that you'd like to share with other small business leaders? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, I alluded to it earlier that, you know, there um, are going to be, you know, great days and there are going to be, you know, hard days, weeks, and months. So I, I would um, encourage business owners to stay in the fight and to remember to take time for themselves. And work-life balance is really hard for business owners, but to be self-loving and not, you know, not focus on what's wrong, although we do have to attack those things as business owners, but also remind yourself of the things that, you know, are, are going well and, and then just plan for the future. You know, the importance of relentlessly communicating cannot be overstated. And it's so easy to get caught up on like what's wrong, but you know, there's inevitably perturbations of change as you do something new and that constant reinforcement about things are improving and here's the way that we can demonstrate things are improving just can make all the difference in the world about maintaining enthusiasm and energy through challenging times. We're going to take a short break now. And when we return, we'll continue our conversation on small business issues in the federal technology market with Janice Garcia Keating, president and CEO at Wilco Group, and Will Choi, the chief operating officer at MindPedal. I'm Dave Wintergren, and you're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACTIAC on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACTIAC on Federal News Network. I'm Dave Wintergren, and today we're discussing small business issues and opportunities in the federal market. Our guests are both industry leaders of ACTIAC's Small Business Alliance. Janice Garcia-Keating is president and CEO at Wilco Group, and Will Choi is COO at MindPedal. As we were going to break, Janice was 
offering some advice to other small business leaders. And I'd like to give you that same opportunity. Well, what's some advice you'd offer other small business leaders? Number one is uh, um, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I think a lot of leaders sometimes feel like they have to put the burden of a, uh, you know, of everything in the company on their shoulders. And sometimes just asking, uh, you'll be surprised uh, at how often uh, people will come to your aid and, and, and help you. Uh, the other thing, uh, as you grow your business is, uh, and it's something that we really emphasized um, and have emphasized is think about the type of culture you want to have in your company. Um, we spent uh, a significant am- amount of time um, really kind of thinking about what was important for us. Um, we have you know, five core values um, at our company, uh, be proactive, lead by service, trust through transparency, uh, think big picture, and grow through learning. And those um, core values are, um, are threaded throughout our entire you know, uh, company uh, from the hiring process uh, to, through the employee retention and, uh, recognition process and uh, you know, even through the um, performance, uh, we do you know we do like semi-annual performance reviews. Um, we ask for, for for feedback, and we actually use those core values. We ask people how are people behaving uh, um, um, based on those core values, and even when people leave the company, uh, we ask them to provide feedback, and we use those core values as as uh, pillars for for the the questions. So. Um, the the core values and culture, it's really important to us because that's what keeps people motivated to stay with the company and want to work for and with you. The, the core values that you listed were so great. There's so many, but we could do a whole episode on those. I, I love the calling out of servant leadership, covenant leadership, and and, and also the, the huge issue about trust. And, so thank you for bringing those out. Uh, you are both leaders of ActIX Small Business Alliance. And number one, thank you for that. But also, I'd like to talk about the Small Business Alliance a little bit. Well, let's stick with you. Why should busy executives take the time to participate in work of organizations like ActIX and venues like the Small Business Alliance? For me, it's two reasons. One, it, uh, it, it allows me to uh, take uh, time out of my busy schedule to give back. Uh, and uh, two, it's from a selfish standpoint, it helps me stay plugged in and connected to uh, to industry and uh, to the federal government. How about you, Janice? Why should, why should busy executives like you take the time to do things like this? Which, we're, number one, we're really grateful that you both do. So, you know, I think that the Small Business Alliance is a two-way street is the way that I would put it. And it allows... Uh, small businesses to to learn, you know, from other ACT-IAC members, which may be other small businesses that are further along in their progress, or it may also be mid-tier to large businesses. So that interaction that, uh, you know, Will alluded to, um, so that's like the selfish part as a small business owner. But also it allows us to, I'm going to use the word perhaps educate or inform um, 
um, our government counterparts of some of our struggles. And it's not to say that they're not aware of those already and perhaps already trying to mitigate those, but it never hurts, um, you know, to be that voice. And the Small Business Alliance allows us to amplify our voices. I appreciate you telling the audience a little bit more about the Small Business Alliance because there's some that are listening probably don't know much about it. Will, would you like to add anything about the Small Business Alliance and what it does and how companies can engage? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm all about action, uh, more action, less talk. So for me, uh, we want to provide uh, uh, forums, programs, events that provide practical uh, actionable opportunities for small businesses, um, you know, uh, for their um, growth plans. Um, we plan three types of events every year, um, forums, uh, what we call straight talks, and then networking events. We do three to four forums a year. They're generally uh, like two-hour panel sessions, typically in person, uh, to include federal and industry execs uh, where they share, you know, expertise, guidance, lesson, lessons learned, and, and based uh, basically just takeaways for, for folks that can take action. Um, two straight talks per year, and these are just one-hour virtual discussions um, on specific topics of interest uh, to the small business community, and then two in-person networking events um, for both IAC members and non-members uh, uh, to grow their respective professional networks. Uh, last year, we had three major forums. One was uh, around taking the mystery out of uh, certifications. Uh, so we discussed the various CMMI and ISO uh, quality certifications, um, what they were, uh, which order to, to obtain them, how much they cost. Um, uh, another event we did was a small business innovation research. Uh, it was called a SIBR event, uh, where um, the SIBR program is where small businesses can engage in like uh, research and development opportunities for potential commercialization. And we discussed the program objectives, uh, the phases of the SIBR program, who's eligible, uh, how to get into it, uh, what are the uh, uh, advantages of, uh, be, of being in a SIBR program. And then the third event we did was uh, proven, and that was the uh, most recent event, uh, which is pr proven steps to grow your small business, where we talked about teaming, um, contract vehicles, how to identify prime contract opportunities, nailing meetings with federal stakeholders, and the panelists that we had were amazing, uh, and we ha had some folks that were um, uh, very open and honest, very direct in terms of what to do and what not to do. Uh, things that you won't you things that you won't find on you know like a federal news network website, uh, and then we recently the Small Business Alliance uh, sent out a survey, and some of the top top uh, topics that we received was uh, were around uh, mentor protege agreements, joint ventures, uh, contractor basically CPAR uh, contractor performance assessment reporting. Uh, ratings, uh, like what, you know, what are they all about? What do the government use them for? That type of thing. Um, other topics were uh, AI and GovCon, women-owned, uh, having a focus on women-owned small businesses. So this year, we plan on uh, rolling out forums that address the topics that are important to the, um, the folks that responded in that survey. 
Excellent. We're uh, we're getting close to the end, but I want to give you each a last shot. And so I'm going to start with you, Janice, and I'm going to ask you to do two things. Identify one topic or issue that you think people should be on the lookout for in the year ahead, something to keep an eye on, and then a, a final piece of parting advice. If you could do that in like 30 seconds or so, that would be awesome. Sure. Um, I think the one topic or issue uh, for the next year is the, especially in the Washington, D.C. area, is that back to work, um, you know, more office presence and how that's going to impact um, culture um, and work satisfaction. And as, you know, a a parting uh, words of wisdom, you know, just... um, don't be scared by the the barriers and and ask for help, as Will said, because that's what places and organizations like ACT-DIAC and the Small Business Alliance are for. And Will, in about 30 seconds or so, what's an issue or topic that you think people should be keeping an eye on and what's some parting advice you'd like to offer? Sure. MindPedal is more of a a tech services uh, company and uh, AI uh, in, in the federal government is uh, the, the pace of uh, technological advancement is just going is, is like ridiculously fast. And the federal government, what we're seeing is they're they're keeping up with uh, um, the commercial sector. So I would say uh, uh, keep keep track of what's going on in the AI space and how that's going to impact the uh, clients that you support in your agency, because it's coming and it's coming fast. Um, Parting uh, words of wisdom, Uh, 13 years uh, as a a small business owner, all the things that we thought were going to, you know, all of the uh, things that we uh, worried about, probably 90% of them really didn't happen or didn't impact us as bad as we thought they were going to be. So I would say just, you know, keep your head up and keep grinding. Janice Garcia-Keating is the president and CEO at Wilco Group. Will Choi is the chief operating officer at MindPedal. Both lead the ACT-IAC Small Business Alliance. Thank you both for joining us today and for all that you do for the federal government and for ACT-IAC. If you'd like to become part of the Small Business Alliance, we'd love to have you. And we have small business-focused events going on throughout the year. There are also a number of upcoming ACT-IAC conferences to consider attending. Our Shared Services Summit, done in partnership with the Shared Services Leadership Coalition, is on Thursday, March 21st in Reston, Virginia. And our Climate Summit is on April 17th, also in Reston, Virginia. If you'd like to register for any of our events or learn more about ACT-IAC or our Small Business Alliance, check out the Federal News Network website or go to our website, www.actiac.org. I'm Dave Wonnergren, and you've been listening to Accelerating Government, brought to you by ACT-IAC on Federal News Network. Thanks for listening to Accelerating Government with ACT-IAC. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your podcast feed. Search for Accelerating Government on Podcast One, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts.